Welcome to our Sunday Sermon Podcast with City Harvest AG Church. Wherever you are in life, we believe that God has a plan and a purpose for you. Here at City Harvest, we believe in the undiluted Word of God and the teachings here will enhance your understanding of the Scripture and will help you grow and mature as a Christian. So we hope and pray that you will be blessed by this sermon. Today's sermon is brought to us by Pastor Shine Thomas. Do you know that God has a purpose for you? You are not on the earth by an accident. You have been foreknown by God and you have been created by God and God has brought you into this world with a plan and with a purpose. A purpose for God's name to be glorified in and through your lives. And how do we find purpose? We find purpose when we receive this God, the creator God who brought the universe into existence and when man comes into a relationship with this God, we find true purpose in the presence of God. I want to bring to a message entitled, Purpose, Salt and Light. Okay, purpose. What is our purpose? To be the salt of the earth and the light of this world. Open your Bibles with me to Matthew's Gospel, the Gospel according to Matthew chapter 5 and is verse 13 to 16. We are going to look from this message, how to find purpose. We're also going to see how to live a life of purpose and we're also going to look at what hinders our purpose in this world. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 to 16. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. May God add his blessing to the reading of his holy scripture. This passage is taken from the famous sermon of Jesus Christ called as the Sermon of the Mount. Jesus delivered the sermon on the mountains of the beautiful greenery and flowers and the background is the Sea of Galilee. And here are his few disciples who have gathered around Jesus. And beyond the disciples are the great crowd that has come to hear Jesus Christ. And Jesus looking at the crowd and looking to his disciples, he's telling, this is how you are going to enter my kingdom. This is how you are going to find purpose in your life. And he's looking at his disciples and he's telling, this is what you are and this is how you are to live. And he's also in turn looking at the crowd, the hundreds and hundreds of people who have gathered around him. He's looking at the crowd and he's telling them, some of you are weighing the options of being my disciple. These are the areas how you can have purpose in your life. This is how you find purpose in your life. Now, giving to a little bit of background context, 
we must understand that matthew is presenting his gospel as jesus coming into this world as the king of this world right so when king comes after his baptism jesus starts his ministry and the king has established the kingdom if jesus is presented as the king the king has a kingdom and matthew starts telling the repent uh, for the kingdom of god is at hand so the king has come in jesus christ and the king has established his kingdom and now he's calling followers we can find in matthew's gospel in the initial parts chapter 3 and 4 we can find that he is calling his disciples and he started his public ministry he is a great king of the world he is a king that the world was expecting and the king is doing his work what is it his preaching and teaching the kingdom of god and he is drawing disciples he is doing miracles and a large gathering has had come around jesus christ and when this large gathering came around jesus jesus the king is talking to them on how you can be a part of the kingdom and when you become a part of the kingdom of god what influence comes to your life so that you can in turn be an influence in the world that we are living in so this is the beatitudes matthew chapter 5 and then 6 and 7 is a passage of the same sermon as matthew puts it and we already saw that in our previous message matthew says in from the beatitudes who can enter the kingdom of god who can enter that kingdom and be a part of the kingdom that jesus christ has established and we find in verse 3 4 and 5 of matthew chapter 5 that you need to be poor in spirit and you need to be the one who mourns over your spiritual condition that we are sinners and we know that we are sinful in nature so we mourn for our condition and we know that we are poor and our own self we don't have any righteousness of our own and we are the meek the humble we fall down at the feet of jesus and we plead with jesus lord i am sinful i'm poor in spirit and i'm so sad that i'm born this way because of the sin of man so by faith i'm coming to you give me your grace so that i can become a part of the kingdom of god so who can enter the kingdom of god matthew chapter 3 chapter 5 verse 3 to 6 and then jesus says in the beatitudes that once you become a part of the kingdom of god you are a new creation the old has gone and the new has come so when you come into the kingdom of god that jesus has established by grace of god and by putting your trust and faith in jesus christ there comes a change in our thinking there comes a change in our nature there comes a change in everything that we do and jesus very briefly listed out what are the changes that really come in us in matthew chapter 5 verse 7 to 9 he says that blessed are the merciful and you become more merciful the mercy of god comes into our lives and then he says blessed are the pure in heart your heart will have one intention to seek after god and to pursue god and bring in godly values in our lives and thirdly he says blessed are the peacemakers we do not become troublemakers kingdom person is characterized by the fact that he is a peacemaker in this world so what is jesus telling you come into the kingdom of god and when somebody comes into the kingdom of god there is an overall change in the way they think the way they live the way they handle life and a kingdom person is totally transformed somebody listening to me here for the very first time 
my brother my sister if you have never heard the message of the gospel i want to tell you that jesus is the true king that came into this world and he gave his life for us he established a kingdom a kingdom of righteousness a kingdom of peace a kingdom of joy much contrary to the kingdoms of this world and this kingdom offers us eternal life and when you put your trust in jesus christ he is willing to give you that new creation lifestyle and not only that he is willing to give you the transformation life of the kingdom disciple kingdom person can i hear an amen church amen praise the lord and then jesus went on to say that when you are a kingdom citizen even though you are a citizen of your country you have a kingdom citizenship we are the citizens of heaven the world will treat us differently because the word of god goes contrary to the ways of the world and when the people see the difference in us the goodness in us many times we are bound to be persecuted and insulted and rejected by the world and that's what jesus says in matthew chapter 5 verse 10 to 11 how the world treats a kingdom citizen that you will be insulted and you will be persecuted and so jesus never tells us that when we believe in jesus christ everything will be go on good in spite of believing in jesus christ there will be times that we will be insulted we will be facing persecution we will be rejected by the world and we can also be rejected by our own loved ones so what do we do when we are insulted when we go through rejection when we go through persecution we don't quit and run away we don't go and sit in a shell and tell that why is that after coming to faith i'm facing a lot of rejection my friends are rejecting me because my life is different now and they are rejecting me we don't quit influencing the world we get up in the midst of the rejection in the midst of the persecution and god has given us a mission god has given us a mandate to influence the world with the light of god that christ has given to us amen what a purpose that god has given to us the world treats of kingdom of god citizen with insult and rejection and persecution but we don't give up in spite of that we become an influence in the presence of god and jesus told in matthew chapter 5 and this verse 12 you will be rewarded in the kingdom of god you will be filled with joy there is rejoice and joy and rejoicing and there is a reward in heaven god will reward us when we stand up for the kingdom of god can i hear an amen church are you a kingdom citizen go ahead and tell that i am a kingdom citizen and i'm proud to be a disciple of the lord jesus christ amen praise the lord now comes to the text that uh, we read this time the purpose or the influence of the kingdom citizen you know you are here in this world with a purpose you are here in this world for an influence for the kingdom in the midst of the covid-19 pandemic in the midst of the suffering that the world is going through the children of god can be of greater influence in the kingdom of god you have a purpose you have a plan from above to be of great influence in this world for the glory of the name of god let us read that once again what is the purpose matthew chapter 5 verse 13 to 16 two purposes jesus says two metaphors jesus is using and telling about our purpose in this world 
One is that you are the salt of the earth. And second metaphor Jesus is using that you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth and you are the light of the world. What is this purpose about? This purpose is about our new identity in Jesus Christ. Before we were born again, we were sinners. We were wicked people. But now that we are born again, by asking Jesus to forgive our sins and we have become the heir of the kingdom of God. We have come into the kingdom of God by the grace of God. We have a new identity now. We are the salt of the earth. We are the light of the world. Jesus is telling, I am the salt of the earth. I am the light of the world. But when I call disciples to be with me, I give them my nature. I give them my attitude and my disciples become the salt of the earth. My disciples become the light of the world. You have a new identity in Jesus Christ. Can you hear an amen church? You are the community of the Lord Jesus Christ and God's people, the church scattered around the world becomes the salt and the light for the world that is in darkness this time. It is when you become the child of the Lord Jesus Christ, it is not that you are trying to become something. You have already been given that by faith. You have already been given righteousness. You have already become the salt. You have already become the light. It's not that I need to strive to become the light. It's not that I need to strive to become the salt. No. Jesus says by the virtue of my death on the cross you have become my disciple. You have been added into the kingdom of God and you have a purpose. You are made righteous. You are the light. You are the salt and now influence the world. It talks about our identity in Jesus Christ. How is your identity, my dear child of God? Are you able to identify yourselves as a citizens of this world and the citizen of God, the kingdom of God and be an influence in this world for God's kingdom. Amen? It also talks about our mission. Remember Jesus said in Matthew chapter 28 that to go and make disciples of all nations. We have been given the mandate of Jesus Christ, the disciples of Jesus Christ. All the disciples listening to me, you have been given the mandate by Jesus to go to the world and make disciples of Jesus of all nations. And how do we make disciples? This is very simple. That's why Matthew puts it up that you be the salt and you be the light. You can just be the salt of this earth and the light of this world and you can fulfill the great commission that the Lord has purposed you in your life. Amen. I want to quickly go into the salt aspect and the light aspect and what are the takeaways for us and then get into the conclusion of this message. So let us look at this salt. If we have to be purposeful, if we have to fulfill the great commission, if we have to reach the world which is in darkness with the light of the world, we need to know who we are. We are the citizens of God and we have been given God's power to influence the world. Christianity is not for my personal benefit. I don't become a child of God for my own personal benefits. But when I, with the community of God, the church of God, we work together with God, 
God. We become the salt, the agents of influence in our world, the salt and the light. Okay? So let us look at the salt. Matthew chapter 5 and it's verse 13. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. This is the first metaphor that Jesus uses to show our connection, our interaction with the world. Right? Believers are not to be secluded from the world. Yes, we are a chosen generation. We are a holy nation. But we are to be in the midst of the wickedness of the world and be the salt agent in the world. We have to engage with the world. Now, salt was discovered some 6,000 years ago. Mankind has found salt and the use of salt. But what is the idea of salt in the thinking of the ancient world? You know, salt was a very valuable commodity in Jesus' times. And some historians go on to say that salt was also sometimes given as salary for the Roman army. And instead of having the paycheck, sometimes they were given salt and this was very valuable and they could trade with it. But when Jesus is using the term salt, he has got some intended meaning why he's calling his disciples the salt. And I want to bring to you certain use of salt that we have from the ancient world and even to the present day. And I want to bring some meaning out of it. First of all, salt is used as a preservative. Secondly, salt is used as a flavoring agent, okay? And if you bring salt to a wound, it will sting the wound, right? So look at that. You are the salt of this earth. I will explain this a little later. So you are the preservative agents of God in this decaying world. You are the flavoring agent in the corruption and the wickedness of the world. You have a purpose. And when the world looks at you and when they look at their own lives, the sinfulness, it is like a stinging agent on the wound and they feel convicted of their sins just looking at the lifestyle of a believer. And salt is thirsty. It'll make you thirst more. And the more you have salt, the more you drink water. And people looking at you should want to thirst for God more. And that's the influence that God has for every one of us outside in the world around us. Amen? Let us look at the term preservative. Now, in the ancient world, even before the invention of refrigerator where we can uh, freeze uh, food items and keep it for extended periods of time, people used to preserve especially meat and fish by adding salt and drying them up uh, in the sun and preserving it for a long time. So salt is acting as a preserving agent against the decay of the flesh. And when it comes to the believers and our influence in this world, we are the preserving agent against the decay of sin in this world. The systems of this world. You look at the world and the systems, it's soon passing away. The old age is coming to an end and it is already defeated by the death of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. Satan, sin has been defeated. Sin has been forgiven by Jesus. Jesus and the ways of this world has been defeated 
led by Jesus Christ and we as the new generation people we as the children of God when we walk into this world with our new attitude new lifestyle we become the preserving agent for God against the corruption and the decay that can come upon the world do you know the influence that you have let me ask you are you aligning yourself with the friends out there and becoming one among the world or is there a distinction in you and they see goodness of god in you there is they see the blessings of god in you the nature of god in you we are supposed to be distinct in this world against the decay and the corruption of this world it also talks about our uh, influence in flavoring what is salt used for salt is used as a flavoring agent right i like my salt even before i taste my food sometimes i put salt into that and most of you do that right even before you taste your food you flavor your food with little bit of salt right and jesus is telling you and i are the flavoring agents in this world there is no hope in the politics of this world there is no hope in the governments of this world yes god has kept them for a reason praise god for that but the true hope of the world is in christ alone and that hope can reach the world provided we are the preservative agent and we are the flavoring agent of jesus christ in the world wherever god has placed us amen do you know that the flavor of heaven can be seen through your nature in this world with your every talk every dealing in your workplace with your every friendship with the people around with us they can see the preservative nature of god the goodness of god they can see the flavor of god in us and what a great purpose that god has given to us may god help us when people are suffering because of the covid-19 pandemic when the world is going through so much of pain and rejection may the children of god the disciples of jesus be the flavoring agent uh, giving the compassion that the world needs uh, giving the mercy that the world needs uh, by the nature of god in our own lives amen you are the salt of the earth amen matthew chapter 5 verse 13 says but if the salt loses its saltiness how can it be made salty again it is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under foot look at the scenario that jesus is bringing i have never seen that salt in my house becomes wasted even after 10 years i keep it in a vessel the salt is preserved like that but what is jesus telling if the salt loses its saltiness that salt is good for nothing you cannot even use it put it in the land because it will spoil the land the cultivation of the land but you can only put it in the roads which is of no use where people trample on you and stamp on you and walk and what are the ways that we can lose our saltiness i was just thinking what was just jesus telling how can i lose my saltiness how can i lose my effectiveness in this world and i came to know that salt can lose its saltiness with contamination 
when salt is mixed with sand or with any other uh, chemicals, when it is contaminated, it can lose its saltiness. And when we as the believers of God, we get contaminated in this world. And when we become one among the world and there is no difference between a believer and a worldly person, the way we do business, the way we talk, the way we work, the way we behave, the way we conduct affairs in our families, if there is no difference from the world, then the salt can lose its saltiness. How is my life? How is your life, my dear friend? Are you losing your saltiness or are you effective in the presence of God? Another way the salt can lose its saltiness is if you take one grain of salt outside the pack and keep it isolated, that salt is of no use. You cannot even add it as a flavoring agent. Just one grain of salt and you separate it, it will lose its flavor and it is not used for saltiness. And many times we think that Christianity or the way of life to be a disciple of Jesus Christ is an individual faith. Praise God for that. Yes, my salvation is individual. It's my own individual response. But Christianity is practiced only through community. We must understand that that's why church is very important. You know, today we are not able to meet on an in-house platform because of the pandemic that is around us. But this is very important. That's why we meet online and that's why we try to call you and we try to counsel you. Why? Because our faith has to be lived out in community. Sunday Christians cannot be true salt in this world. We need to be involved in good times and bad times, helping one another, praying for one another, working out good deeds for the world to see so that in the community when we are together, we are salty and we can be the salt of this world. Amen. Praise the Lord. You are the salt of this world. Let us move to the next metaphor that Jesus is using. The next metaphor Jesus is using is the metaphor of light. Okay. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 verse 14, you are the light of the world. Actually speaking, who is the light of the world? Right in the Old Testament, Psalm chapter 27 verse 1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. The light of the world is truly our God. Our God that we serve. He is the true light of the world. And all through the Old Testaments, we can find many indications to tell us that God is the light of this world. And when Jesus came as a son of God into this world, Jesus took that metaphor and he said, I am the light of the world. In John chapter 8 and his verse 12, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. So God is the light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world. And now in Matthew chapter 5 verse 14, talking to his disciples, Jesus is telling, if you are my disciples, you are a group of people who have left your former way of life and you are following the kingdom way of life. You become the light of the world. My nature comes onto you and you become like a moon to reflect my light into the world. My dear brothers and sisters, we don't have any light of our own. That's the mistake many people make. We try to project our light. We try to project our gifts. We try to project what we do for the Lord. Sorry, that's not what Jesus intended. You know, with all the gifts that God has given to us, with all the ministry, with every good work that we do as a believer, we are just like a lunar light. What does the moon do? Moon has no light of its own. All what it does is take the light of the sun and radiates it back. 
And likewise, Jesus is telling us, when we become a disciple of the kingdom of God, we become like the moon. We take that light by our devotion and by our Christian community coming together and by our preaching and prayer and worship and holy lifestyle. We receive that light from Christ and God and then we become a reflecting agent of that light into the world outside. The light of God has to illuminate out of us. It has to radiate out of us for the world to see. That's what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and it's verse 6. Look at what he says. For God who said, let the light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. God's light shone in the darkness of this world through Jesus Christ and when we become the part of God's kingdom, when we come as a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, his light will shine upon our darkness for the world to see the light of God in and through our lives. You have a purpose, my dear brother, my dear sister. Believers are the light of the world. If the world has ever a light of hope, that is only the believers who are spread around the world, worshipping the Lord in spirit and in truth. Can you lift your hands and shout a hallelujah? Amen. This is a great compliment. But this is also a great responsibility. Thank God. I don't have to do anything to receive God's light. He just gives it to us. But it is a great responsibility to be the light of this world. What does light talk about? Light talks about visibility. Salt talks about influence. Salt is a white crystal. Can you see the metaphor that Jesus used? Purity over there. That salt is the purest form of things that have been taken from the sea and it is filtered and taken. It's white and it doesn't talk. If salt is mixed in a food, you cannot differentiate between the salt and the food and other spices that we add into our curries or dishes. So it is silent nature. So what is Jesus really telling us? Our attitude, our nature, our behavior, the way we behave silently in this world. We don't have to project anything that becomes a salt. But we are not always silent. We also have to project, make ourselves visible. It's not that we project ourselves. How do we make ourselves visible? The gospel has to project out of us. We need to use every opportunity to radiate the gospel that saves the world out of darkness, out of our good deeds in this world. We have to radiate God's gospel. It talks about visibility. It talks about manifestation. It talks about radiance of God's nature and God's gospel through Jesus Christ into this world. Let me tell you, friends, as much as we are a silent agent influencing the flavor of this world and working against the decay of this world by the salt metaphor, we are also a radiating agent of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. The world needs the gospel. Some of you listening to me today, you need the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the word of God is radiating to you right now. 
And can you imagine all those who are watching us online, different believers from different parts of the world, if they can just radiate the gospel and let the world know that in the midst of the darkness, in the midst of the pandemic, there is hope available in Jesus. The world will know that there is hope and there is a savior who died for us. That is your purpose. Are you fulfilling that purpose, my dear friend? Am I fulfilling that purpose? To radiate the love of God and the compassion of God and the gospel of Jesus through our good deeds into this world. Amen? To come into light means to come out of hiding. Many believers are far hiding themselves from the world. I've seen people in my pastoral ministry, they come to church and they get introduced to one another and they say, brother, where are you working? And this brother says, I'm working in so-and-so company. Brother, where are you working? I am working in the same company. Oh, we never knew each other. Is it a good compliment or a bad compliment? It is a bad compliment. Because if we are placed in a company, if we are placed in a hospital, if we are placed in a neighborhood, the neighborhood should know the radiance of the gospel reflecting to us and the salt nature of influence in our lives. And people will find out, oh, there is a change. There is something different about this boy. There's something different about this woman. No, there is something I can find different. And when you go to that person, there is testimonies and there is the gospel that is projecting out. And this person is so much of loving and compassionate. And that's the purpose of God in our lives. The gospel has to radiate from our lives. And how do we do that? Okay. It's not only proclaiming. It is also in our good deeds. Come to Matthew chapter 5 and it's verse 16. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven. So the metaphor of light is twofold. One is that the gospel has to radiate from us. Right? On one side, we are the salt where our nature, our influence is so much that people know that this person is a different person. His principles are different. He doesn't work like I work. His work principles are different. His work ethics are different. Right? And secondly, anybody who comes close to that person will get the taste of the gospel. Will get a taste of God, the who the real God is. Because the light radiates. You cannot hold that light. Right? Can you hold the light? It doesn't hold. And it's not only preaching the gospel, it is also in good deeds. Good deeds. Now we are called for good deeds. And that good deeds will radiate out of our lives. We don't have to project our good deeds, but good deeds can radiate and we can become the light of this world. And what a greater time. Uh, we don't find such an opportunity like this during this pandemic where we can radiate God's life and light through us by our good deeds, my dear child of God. Many of us are capsuled in our own homes, afraid of the pandemic. But do you know that God has called you for such a time as this to be the influence and to be the light of the world. And God has given us amazing opportunities to do good deeds. Don't waste this opportunity. People are suffering in our country. 
People are suffering around the world, in your neighborhood, in your contact list. Find out what are the good things that you can do. Good deeds to bless people. This is an amazing opportunity. God has given the church. God has given to you. When there are so many needy, so many suffering, and what good God wants you to do to radiate his life in and through our lives. Amen? God does not want us to be beaming lights. Today, when Jesus was talking about, he was talking about small lanterns, oil lamps, which has very little light, right? How much light? It's a small light. And it is not a, a laser light like now or the parkans that we have at the church that just focuses somebody. Artificial lighting was not there when Jesus was there. That was not what Jesus was meaning. You now many times believers are like this, this laser light or the headlights of a car, you know, and you turn it on and you shy away other people thinking that we are too holy and unreachable. That's not the purpose. We don't have to shy away the people. We were once in their capacity. We were once sinners worse than them. But God has redeemed us by his grace. I knew the days where I was in sin. Without God, without hope. I never knew Jesus as my savior. But thank God by his grace he has redeemed me. I am not better than anybody in the world outside. I am what I am by the grace of God. So we are not to reject the world by the car headlight kind of mentality and shy them away from the kingdom of God. No, that's not the purpose. And then there are many other people like the car headlight. I was just thinking about this. Car headlights you can dim and you can even brighten it. What am I talking about? Sometimes when needed we brighten. Sometimes when we want to do our own things we dim it. So that others will not see. That's not the intention that God wants us to be as a light of this world. We need to radiate. And how? The small candle or the small lamp in its itself, it's not a beaming light or a radiating light. That's why I said it's not of individualism in Christianity. But when we all get together in the community... When we all do good in the community, when we all share the gospel, when we all are becoming the influence, these little lamps will come together and it will brighten up the dark night. It will brighten up and everybody will be able to see God in the lights that is coming out of us. So your simple life, okay? You don't have to do anything spectacular or extraordinary. That simplicity of your life as you live out as a salt, as you live out as a light, in that what you can do, in that small capacity. Maybe you have 20 people in your contact list. Maybe you have 100 people in your contact list. What you do in that small place can reflect God when everybody else is involved in that. And together, we can radiate God's light. Can I hear an amen, church? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. And you see, when Jesus was telling this, Apostle Paul was also telling the Ephesian church and developing on the same theme. Come with me to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8 to 16. Paul is telling, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Okay? So, the moment you come to God, you are become the light. You don't have to do anything. But you have to do something to radiate that light. What are we to do? Live as children of light, 
So we need to strive to live as the children of the light, the citizens of God, the heavenly citizens. That is our work. For the fruit of the light consists of all goodness. Look at that. Good deeds have come over there. Goodness has to come through us. Righteousness. What is right? Pursue what is right. And truth. Pursue what is truth. And verse 10, Paul says, and find out what pleases the Lord. So how do we become the salt and the light? We need to have goodness, righteousness, truth and do things that pleases the Lord. That's all. It is simple to talk, but it is very, very difficult to practice. In our private, family and public life, we are called to do things that pleases the Lord. Why? Because once you become the community of believers in the kingdom of God, he is our king. So what we do, everything over here is to please the Lord. Every word has to talk about pleasing the Lord. You know, I was listening to some documentaries on North Korea, right? It is a little bit of an isolated country and people have no easy access into North Korea. And you look at any documentary where North Korean people are talking, okay? When North Korean people are talking, in the first sentence, somewhere they will give their allegiance to their leader because that's how they have been brought up, right? I'm not telling whether it's right or wrong, but I'm just taking a context, right? We as the citizens of God, citizens of heaven, ambassadors of Christ, our allegiance is to God and in every conversation, in every deed of ours, it should be a way that we live to please our God. Can I hear an amen, church? What a purpose that God has given to us. What a mandate that God has given to us. You just come and be a light and the salt. Amen? Now, come to Matthew chapter 5, back again. Jesus says that what is the purpose of you being the salt and the light? Why are you becoming the salt and the light? And what is your purpose as you become a salt and the light in this world? Jesus very clearly says the purpose statement over there in verse 16. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds. And what do they do? They glorify your father in heaven. So when I do some good deed and you do some good deed, when you proclaim the gospel, it's not for self-glory. It is to glorify God. Far too many people are taking, uh, the torch is turned towards them and the limelight is on them. And that is not the kind of ministry that Jesus established, right? When they see me preaching the word of God, when they see uh, the team leading the worship, when they see somebody serving and being, uh, doing good deeds in this world, they should look back and tell, oh, what a God they have. What a savior they have. I wish people said that about my message. When I preach, people don't look at me and uh, what I'm doing, but look at my Jesus. That's my intention. And look at Jesus and tell, oh, what a savior he's preaching about. What a great God we have in Jesus Christ. That is our intention. The purpose of our becoming a disciple of Jesus, the purpose of our of being brought into the kingdom is that God can be glorified. The world can glorify God the Father through the light and the salt influence that God has given to us. Amen. Praise the Lord. Purpose for the light to shine is to glorify your Father in heaven. 
Amen. What are the hindrances for the salt and the light that we are not able to shine for the Lord? Number one is assimilation. Okay. What makes a Christian ineffective? I wanted to introspect your own lives. Am I effective as a salt and the light? And if you feel that you can do much more, here lies the reason of your ineffectiveness. Number one is assimilation. What is assimilation? Accepting the ways of the world. Dissolving ourselves with the world. And we cannot be influential. Accepting the ways of the world. Compromising with the world. The danger of looking like the world rather than being the salt and the light of the world. How is my life? How is your life? Are we assimilating with the world, friends? That is a danger. Look at what Jesus said. One thing to note over here. Come to Matthew, same thing. Matthew chapter 5, verse 15. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. Now, I am just taking from this context. I do not know whether Jesus meant it, but the, look at that word house over there. We have to be salt and the light first in my own house. Do you know that it is far easy to be the salt and the light in the church? I can be the salt and the light, but it is a difficult place to be the salt and the light is in my house. And it starts from there. And Jesus wonderfully included house over there. Are you the salt and are you the light in the house? Husbands and wives, how are you? Are you assimilating in your house like the world? Or are you different? Are you having the nature of God? Are you having godliness as a principle in your house? Is a God-fearing in the home? Okay, observing the world. Secondly, we can lose our influence by living for our own selves. Far too many Christians are living for their own selves. But we are to live for the Lord and do good deeds. Thirdly, by being disobedient to Christ, we can lose our effectiveness by disobedience to Christ. And fourth, failure in us to daily take up the cross and follow Christ wholeheartedly. The salt and the light metaphor becomes its useful uh, in its maximum when we daily take up the cross. Our sufferings, our pain, our life, and then we follow Jesus. That becomes a salt and that becomes a testimony and that becomes a light in this world. Amen.